Welcome in to the Draft Stock Coliseum, where gyms come to rise and busts come to fall. This is the Gyms and Bus Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Walker. With me as always, Luke Rapert, and a special guest. Special guest. The most qualified to be here because he's been the fan of the most NFL teams moving <laughs> to and fro as Tom Brady moves so, from New England. So two teams. Yeah. <laughs> I guess just moving two. Well, also the 49ers, <laughs> Not fro. Of yeah, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy G also moved, so I had to... I thought we'd start with that. Trey Langston is our is our guest today, for those that don't recognize the voice. Because um, you're... Sorry, howdy, you're, brothers. <laughs> there's the voice. Because your uh, YouTube TV password used to be Jimmy GQ10. That's his password for oh, a lot of things okay, I was right about now. To say, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's his password it is for my password for Why? some things. Your Xbox account? Um, yeah. Please explain to us in great detail what all that is your password <laughs> for and then fill in our gaps on what other passwords you have. What's your bank? <laughs> Who do you bank with? Um, anyway, <laughs> Trey, I, I thought we'd start with how many teams have you at one point been a fan of? In your whole life, we know that, like, I mean, Luke was a Chargers fan early on in his life, That and it doesn't, like, hurt his fandom now. Yeah. How many teams have you been a fan of since age zero? Um, it's, it's really just the three. Ty and I did not watch NFL until um, we started playing fantasy football, even though we lived in North Carolina. Honestly, nobody there cares about the Panthers, really. Wow. Um, hurts. And so we really just got into NFL due to fantasy, and so there wasn't like a team loyalty, and then um, mm. you know still really isn't. But uh, <laughs> well, Ty, Ty has we forced Ty into the Cowboys. Like, I mean, how long ago was that? The What's Cowboys? the backstory with Cowboys? But us ragging on him has made him an actual fan, I believe. My and my dad was a Cowboys fan growing up. Like now, he doesn't care because mm-hmm. um, he's so in college football. He doesn't really. I, he doesn't really care about NFL, so yeah, um, he does technically have the dad fan card to play. Yeah, I will say uh, to give Ty credit, he does fight for the Cowboys. Like he, you can tell where his priorities lie, though. Like if there's money on the line, gambling, like he does not care about his <laughs> fandom anymore. Like uh, however to get the money, but he does do the Trayvon Diggs is so good and just all the different players. Ty, Ty do <laughs> is he here? Um, Cole, but anyway, pr- sorry. I just just the side note. I'm proud of you on that intro. Thanks. It was a good one, right? You, yes. That was good. That you was, did yeah. definitely rehearse it. I did, and, nice. and you times. nailed it. Thank you. I have it on a word document. I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no proof. I closed the word doc. Um, that being said, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to put you on the spot. I know we haven't seen where Trey Lumberks is gone, right? And we don't know if Tom Brady's. Re- I mean, we he's retired, but he might come back. Oh, Barring Tom Brady coming back and TBD on where Trey Lumbergs goes, do you have like a top three, a top five of who you want to dedicate your fandom to? Because right now, yeah. for the listeners that don't know, Trey, longtime New England fan because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to the Bucks. Also, Jimmy G went away from the Patriots to the 49ers. And so you got like that quarterback split that Trey just yeah. followed, and he was kind of fans of all. This year, he was definitely Tampa Bay. but Yeah, so I'm, I'm considering a few options, and I'll kind of go through my uh, thought <laughs> process here. I'm avoiding, any other blind, I'm avoiding any other blind squirrels teams, of course. Yep. I'm avoiding 
absolute like blue blood um, franchises that mm. uh, I think that's more of a college term, but um, like, like super, Buffalo. super historic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, a ton of Super Bowl wins like Buffalo. <laughs> um, and I'm also avoiding super far away. Like I'm not considering. You want to be able to ca- maybe California. go to a game. Yeah, like reasonably. So uh, one, I'm considering the Eagles because I would have that rivalry with Ty. That'd be fun. And uh, Campbell's, who I work for at Transplace, they're based out of Philly. So I'll probably go up there like twice a year if I can Ooh, stay on the account. Nice. So, okay, wait, wait, wait. They're based out of Philly. And they have, but they have Dak as one of their spokespeople. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forgot about that. And Zeke like, in, jumped in, in the... Campbell's Chunky commercial. Oh, man. <laughs> also, that would be fun. Absolutely brutal. And it's also Conflicting great interest. that that's, that's a, a possible landing spot. We'll get to this later. That's a possible landing spot for Traylon Burks. Yeah, they have three yeah. first-round picks, and wide receivers definitely in need. So Eagles, kind of for that reason. Um, the Saints, I've always kind of liked the Saints, and they're pretty close. Um, that would be boring, I think. It would be a little boring, but it kind of fits the model that I just talked about. And then um, the last one, let's go with the Titans, similar model. Mm. Mm. Out of those, I think I like the Eagles the most. I like the Eagles the most. Well, also, for you. There's a Bills-Titans hatred. Mm. That's very strong. The Saints right now also are, are in a bad so, situation. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they could blow it up. Like I don't, th- I don't think they will. Yeah, I think there is a very reasonable argument for them to blow it up. Their cap space is atrocious. They have some, as- they have some quality assets that I don't think are going to be in the long term picture, and I don't see them. Unless they can land one of the big quarterbacks, which I just don't think they can for cap space wise, mm-hmm. one, but also just like I don't, I don't see them making a move like that. Mm-hmm. Then they're not going to be competing. I don't care if your defense is really good. You're not going to be competing with you know Taysom Hill or that level of guy. Ian Book and at quarterback. Oh God, Ian Book. Yeah, I'm still upset that Jonathan had us pick us and pick him up in Dynasty. <laughs> It's an interesting dynasty question, kind of going back to what we were talking about here. Okay. It's something that I was thinking through, and I don't see a situation. He'd be a hold for me in almost any scenario if I owned him in dynasty. Okay. But, like, let's say super flex league like ours is, are you willing to trade anything to get Tom Brady? Because what, what percentage do you think that he's retired and, you know, you can basically possibly get him for you know, essentially nothing. Like I would take and trade Taysom Hill for Tom Brady right now. Wow. And a super flex dynasty league. Mm-hmm. I would not in our league because it's four points for passing touchdown and a rushing quarterback is so valuable that if Taysom started, let's say half the games this year, I think you're starting him for all those games. And then the likelihood that Tom comes back isn't high enough, especially because he'd probably only come back for one year that I would do that. Mm-hmm. I have a few like third or fourth string wide receiver guys that are like young, but they don't really have much promise. It's more like injury based. If someone gets hurt, they'll be wide receiver too. So maybe some of those guys, mm-hmm. but yeah, nothing serious. I think he's done. I think he's actually done. Okay. Are you guys, how, what's your percent sure that he's done? 80, 75. Yeah. Okay. I'm around, I'm around 60. Mm, wow. I, I'm a little more open to the possibility of him returning, but he just has nothing to come back for. Really, mm-hmm. other I mean, than Denver's like, waiting. Other than he's, <laughs> other than he's a good, he's still really good. I hope he coaches. I don't think he will, but yeah. he could be a great like offensive mind. I don't. I don't want him to coach. Like really? there are guys that I would rather him be like a commentator and be involved in other ways. There are guys that could get into he's coaching got a good or a front office 
uh, that just like ruin some, ruin a little bit of legacy because they're not that good in that role. Like Tom Brady could be an excellent coach. He could be an excellent front office guy. Mm-hmm. But we see, like Michael Jordan's one. Like no one's really <laughs> knocking on Michael Jordan's legacy. No. But like he's he was terrible but like, now for he, a while. And he is just less relevant currently. Yeah. Like I think once LeBron retires, he won't probably like own a team, but he'll he still LeBron I think, will seek out the spot. I think he'll be That's relevant forever. Is. Like So what about like what, how do you think John Elway's perception amongst Broncos fans mm, that's has changed? A, that's a good it's example. bad. It's really bad. Because he's done like he won a Super Bowl as a GM and he's done good other than quarterback. Um so I don't know. So is it really tanked? No, he's a bad he was a bad oh, really? GM. The only reason we like got anywhere is because of Peyton Manning. No, but Paxton Lynch was really good. <laughs> Dude, he the amount of quarterback like <laughs> other than the Browns, um, thing where they like show the 18 quarterbacks or whatever the broncos are always the next one up in that graphic where it's like here's all the failed quarterbacks thanks john elway <laughs> and now we promoted him to a like senior exec whatever it was aka get out so we can do stuff so he's in a better role there he'd be a good owner to be honest but and he might be like in a group bid for the broncos um ownership which would be i think that'd be fine all right cole Give us the episode rundown here. Yes. Sorry. Long time. Um, news. We'll start with some news. The offseason is here. Um, and then we'll move on to some fun offseason possibilities that we're hoping might happen. Some fun stuff that we could see happening. Uh, Trey trivia. Trey's provided some trivia for us, or as he likes to call it, Travia. Uh, and then we'll go through a mock draft that Luke, Cade, and I did. Cade is unable to be here because he is camping out for the Kentucky game. So a worthy cause. Um but we'll be going through that. Uh, Trey, this is his first time seeing it, and so he'll be giving some like blind reactions as we go through and explain some of our picks. This will probably be a longer one, so strap in. Uh, but we'll start with news. Off-season is here. Woo! <laughs> so what does that mean? That means the, senior, the Super Bowl is done. Our predictions were pretty good. I listened back to the playoffs. I just want to say, like, there, uh, there's a reason that Cole... Ooh, that's I'm so nervous. Well, you've been you've been preparing for the off season. Oh yeah, for the whole NFL season. Yeah, <laughs> this was a good, I would this argue was more of a get through it year for the Broncos down the stretch. Oh, it's been a get through it five years for the Broncos. <laughs> we like, and I'm the most nervous I've ever been about the Broncos' future. But it's gotten me really involved in the off season, which has been fun. Uh, a few things to note: Super Bowl is over. Um, the Rams have won. That was my preseason prediction for who would win it the was. Super Bowl. Um, but I had him going like 17 and one or 16 and one. Um, okay. And then senior bowl is done. We got some risers. We got some fallers. And then the combine is coming up. So we'll talk about that in a second. Then no real offseason moves. So start with senior bowl. Did y'all get to catch much slash any of the senior bowl? No, but I kept up with it on Twitter. Yeah. yeah I, got, I listened to a podcast that gave a good recap. Nice. Um, I, I watched as much as I could of the practices and of the game. Um, some, uh, We'll just highlight some quick risers. The biggest riser for the whole thing is probably Jermaine Johnson, um, Edge out of Florida State. He was mocked like end of second round, maybe like the eighth or ninth Edge guy. He's like Daniel Jeremiah, I think, put him in the top 15 in a mock draft. Oh, I've seen him top 10. He's absurdly high. A lot of people are going um, like Aiden, Kayvon, and then either 
uh, Jermaine Johnson or Ajabo. Like that's like a coin flip now. Um, and also George Karloftis is, is in there as well. But Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, he absolutely dominated in the first two days of practice, so much so that his agent probably called him and said, hey, you're not playing. Uh, he did not play in the third practice or in the game because he had made his money. He left. Um, he was like, people are putting me where? Yeah, I'm out of here. Um, so he left, and he bullied the next guy, who's also a riser, Trevor Pinning, who is also shooting up draft boards. Um, he's in the like, top 15. He's out of northern Iowa. Big, nasty offensive tackle. Absolutely throws punches. And he, he tried to start a fight after every drill. Like, <laughs> That's something you'll want to rein in as an NFL team, but you also kind of love it where it's like this guy has some fight. Yeah. Um, he had like the most personal fouls in Northern Iowa. Um, anyway, you, just a You mauler. often see the small school guys really can be risers at the senior bowl because you actually get to see them against good competition. Yeah. yeah I also said like senior bowl is one of those places. So like combine, there's some debates on like the real merits of the combine, how much it really, you know, represents a player mm-hmm. or – really impacts draft stock. The Senior Bowl is absolutely an event that um, it doesn't get as much attention as Combine by any means because, you know, Combine usually has that, you know, spotlight high-profile players. But Senior Bowl has a huge impact on draft boards. It gives teams a chance to, you know, have actual personnel there evaluating them, talk to players on the side. Um, so you can get a really good feel uh, for team evaluations through the senior bowl yeah i agree um a few others so at the quarterback position malik willis by far looked like the best quarterback there um he was he's dangerous when he ran he he's probably going to be that for me I, I i did see a tweet that i think is really true that the biggest riser of the quarterbacks was matt corral because he <laughs> didn't go to the senior bowl because there were times when all of them looked not great and not accurate but this, Malik Willis shows an incredible upside. This is a draft class where everyone, you know, everyone's in that camp of you know quarterbacks. Like it's a bad quarterback year for the draft. Mm-hmm. In that scenario, where I don't have some clear standouts, I want to take the. I would rather take the chance on a guy yep. that can do something uncoachable and different. And Malik Willis certainly, you know, he didn't play against the best competition. Certainly has some throwing issues, um, but he is one of the guys that could come into the league and be a potential 1,000-yard rusher as a quarterback. Yep, like He has that level of, a, of rushing ability. And so when you're taking a chance on guys that you're not so sure, sure on, and obviously I don't, I'm not going near in depth in, in my evaluations as these NFL GMs are that are mm-hmm. trying to pick a franchise quarterback here, but from an outsider's perspective, I would be most excited – to get a guy that can do at least one thing differently and hopeful um, and hopefully can progress in those areas that are more question marks. Yep. But draft a trait. Trey, from someone who's not like super in the off season moves and everything like that, what's your perception of the quarterback class? Uh, not great brother. Uh, <laughs> I would not take any of them in the first round. Um, and that's kind of a hot take because the value of the quarterback position, but when you look historically at bad quarterback classes, the ones that get picked in the first round are often reaches looking back. Because mm-hmm. um, the uh, nature of the quarterback position, it's going to be reaches. Like, I don't care what the draft space looks like, quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. And yeah. they're going to go, even if it's later rounds, they're going to go like 20 picks higher than they probably should. Um, 
So Malik looked the best, but best is relative. Multiple people are saying like Justin Fields would be QB1. Um, as prospects, I think all the first-round quarterbacks from last year's draft would probably be QB1 in this class, outside of maybe Mac Jones, just as a prospect, not hindsight 2020. But coming out, maybe he doesn't have the athleticism that a Malik has, but he's accurate. Hindsight 2020, would Davis Mills be the first quarterback off the board if he were dropped into this quarterback class? So I think it would be absolutely. Maybe, yeah. I could say probably. With with hindsight would 2020, he knowing he round. I think you would. Knowing that he could be a starting quarterback and win a few games. Yeah, it's hard I think to say. Ty, Ty's very high Ty on super Davis high Mills. I'm General I, Mills. I don't feel like we saw enough. I mean, he was on a bad team that had to throw a ton, and yeah, he had some flashes, but I, I'm not all in on that yet as like a franchise quarterback. I'm not all in, but I but I loved what I saw as a rookie. Yeah, uh, for the most part, and I'm I'd be willing to take that chance. I, I'm not I'm not spending the one on one on him, but right. like uh, I'd be. If I'm a quarterback needy team, I would not mind taking him early in this draft if you if you were in it. Cool. All right, these next two I, I, I pulled up because they're not going to be first-round guys, uh, but I think it's worth expanding your draft knowledge if you're listening at home. If you get one of these guys in the third or fourth round, you're going to be happy with the value that you got because uh, they actually might not make it there. Like Damon, Damon, I think it's Damian. Damian Pierce out of Florida running back. Um, one of the more powerful runners. He's not going to test amazing. He'll probably run in like the four fives, um, but he is strong. He's known, his like biggest highlight play is known for a goal line run where his helmet comes off and he's like six yards away from the goal line and he runs and dives into the end zone with people still trying to tackle him. It gets called back, right? Because that's penalty, whatever. But he like risks everything. And at the Senior Bowl, during the game, he was running people over. He was meeting linebackers in the hole and running them over. He is an explosive, twitchy runner. Um, he'd be, he'll be Buzz a good... Word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buzz. He's a freak athlete. No, quick, he's... Quick twitch. Yeah, real quick twitch. twitch. He, he, uh, good film guy as well. <laughs> uh, but he, he rose to some draft boards. And then a ton of defensive tackles rose up the board. Um, you got... What was his name? Fidarian Mathis out of Alabama. That's in tight. Um, he did well. Perion Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Rosa, he was actually like defensive player of the week, uh, I think, at the Senior Bowl. And then Travis Jones out of UConn. All three guys that really showed how much depth there is at the nose tackle, three-tech uh, position. Travis Jones is the most interesting because he's a shoot-the-gap um does whatever you want with the center pass rusher from nose tackle. Um, really interesting combo there. And then we'll go to the fallers. Kenny Pickett, small hands, Kenny Pickett. That's probably what's going to be talked about until he dies is there is currently nobody. So he wasn't actually able to test his hand size because he's like double jointed or something. Um, but there is no, with his estimated hand size, there's nobody currently in the NFL with that size hands. It's like eight and a quarter or eight and a half, something like that. He has to wear gloves all the time, and during the rain practice, he was overthrowing everyone and was not accurate at all. So can you pick it a faller? For me, he was number one on my draft board prior to this. He's probably numbered three or four now, but not great looks for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I know Noah. He's been mocked to the Panthers a, a couple a couple of different places I've seen, and Noah would be furious. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he just doesn't. It also doesn't want a quarterback in general. The Panthers. He wants Charles Cross bad. Yep. Build the offensive line. Which bad news, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, and some other followers that I didn't mention. Basically, anyone in the, that was a cornerback that showed up looked really bad. There was no like standout corners. Um, as well as anyone that went up against Jermaine Johnson <laughs> looked really bad and just got pancaked. So that's the Senior Bowl. Um, it was really fun to watch. I, I honestly hope to go someday. I think that'd be super fun. Uh, and then next one, Combine's coming up. There's not a ton to talk about here. I thought there was because it looked like there was going to be a bunch of players. Making um, a bubble. They're going to make a bubble basically for uh, for the Combine, mm-hmm. come find the players to their rooms and stuff like that. Um, but then, and, and they were only, and the big thing was they were only going to allow them to have one person with them, right? So like, only one trainer, and a lot of guys I didn't know this, but they bring multiple guys, like multiple trainers, multiple dietitians, multiple like, even like mind, like what is that called? Sports psychiatrist. Yeah, like sports psychiatrist, where they like visualize your success and like get your mind right and all that, but. But yeah, they visualized success. <laughs> they they <laughs> had a active dreaming. <laughs> they had some weird rules in there, and a bunch of the top prospects were like, "Gonna opt out, yeah." Well, maybe we're not gonna be doing this, and so the NFL backed off on some of those rules. So yeah, some less to talk about there. But combine next week, pretty excited for that. I I also saw a crazy um, maybe not stat, but fact um, that. Scouts like NFL scouts don't treat pro days any different from the combine because they go off their own numbers. They don't go off like what the combine says or what the pro day says. And so they don't care one way or another if a guy goes to a combine or his pro day because they'll just use whatever they've hand timed to keep it. That's crazy. Well, it's crazy for the combine because the combine has all the like electric, you know, whatever Um, (laughs) electric, whatever technology (laughs) um but so they like the nfl was the only loser here because if guys opt out and do pro days scouts like whatever that that's i was gonna go to both and the nfl would just lose a bunch of money because people like okay von thibodeau's not gonna be there yeah i'm out um anyway but it looks like that's all fine and fixed so that's good and then other than that there's no real off-season moves yet nothing fun to talk about the franchise tag window is open uh, so that's yep. worth worth noting. There are definitely some guys that are going to be, you know, targeted there. Devontae Adams is probably the first one to come to mind that they're not going to let him walk uh, yeah. <laughs> just uh, without giving him the tag. They're going to – their priority is to negotiate an extension. Mm-hmm. But So franchise tag window is open, but that's open for a while. Well, Carolina extended like a backup tight end or something, right? Mm-hmm. Ian Thomas mm-hmm. got a three-year deal. Aaron Rodgers went through a cleanse. <laughs> yeah, that's a gross cleanse, by the way. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers. True. Let's move on to fun off-season possibilities. Um, let's try to each bring like two-ish, one or two. Um, things that you would like to see happen in, in the off-season or things that you would, things that you think might just shake up the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Not necessarily our most realistic situation. Sure. Some of them. I have a couple that I think would be fun and realistic, um, mm-hmm. but... We love chaos. Like, I want yes. to see as much quarterback movement because there are a lot of big names on the quarterback market that could be moving. And it always seems every year that names that are thrown out there, there's always less movement than kind of anticipated. But I want I want chaos. Mm-hmm. I want to see Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Sean Watson, even Kirk Cousins 
I want to see them all moved, find yep. new homes, create voids. It's going to be great. Nice. Luke, you want to start us off then with a chaotic one? I actually want to start off with a non-chaotic one. Here we go. Um, because I think... Strap in for some reasonable content. So for some reasonable <laughs> content. And this is one, uh, again, I, I'm hoping for a lot of quarterback movement, but I'm not necessarily expecting it. Uh, one of the situations, if Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay, so his current his current deal is like he has one year left on his deal, but he can pretty much get out of it, or like he he can force a trade if he wants to, basically, um, the way they work that contract. But even so, it could be his last year in Green Bay if he come, comes to run it back in the Green Bay front office. I think this is also posturing because they kind of have to say this. I've said we're going all in. Uh, this year to give Aaron everything that he wants, basically, to try to retain him, which is whether they're going to do it or not. They say that so that the public sees if Aaron dips. is like, oh, well, they were saying they were going to do it, so this is kind of Aaron dipping or whatever. Um, I think one of the realistic moves that I think would be fun to see is if if Aaron Rodgers stays, Allen Robinson, one-year deal to the Packers. Be the mm. wide receiver, too, there. He's seen – he has never in his career had – a good quarterback. He has had the worst string of quarterbacks that I've seen. He was a freak in Jacksonville, got a good deal in Chicago, balled out there for um, for a number of years. And then last year, he was, you know, he was upset playing on the tag. Like, um, they were, in, for I think multiple years, were never able to negotiate a long term extension or a decent extension. He was playing on the tag for, I think, a couple, a couple of years consecutively. And last year, he just fell completely off the radar, was not involved in the offense whatsoever. It was just such a sharp drop from, like, in a fantasy perspective, he seemed like one of the safest picks because volume was guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Um, He had done it for years without good quarterback play. The question here is, did Allen Robinson just fully drop off? No matter what, I feel like he's going to take, like, a one-year deal in free agency as, like, a prove-it deal to be like, hey— that was just a weird situation, bad quarterback play, changing offense. Um, I think he's probably still got juice, and the easiest way to see that is playing for a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, being the number two in that offense. Devontae and Allen Robinson, like, even if he's fallen off a good bit, he's probably going to be a lot better than other yeah. options that the Packers have. Uh, they obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, they've never drafted a first-round wide receiver. That could change this year, but... It could not change, you know. Um, so I think Allen Robinson coming in as the package wide receiver too would be fun to watch. Allen Robinson, uh, Robinson with a good quarterback, see if he uh, if he does still have it and have that chance to play with a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for the pa- it would also be a revenge game twice a year against the Bears. Um, fun narrative, and I think it could really elevate the Packers' offense. Yeah, It'd be fun. No, I love that, and I think the the style of route runners and wide receivers that they are go really well together and also i mean if he's gonna i almost said brett Favre. if aaron Rodgers is gonna stay there um you need that other wide receiver that you've been able to successfully avoid every time the draft comes around Mm -hmm. trey Uh, i've got a chaotic one um so there are rumors that the panthers are kind of looking for maybe like uh, to trade for a quarterback but if they can't um, I think they could go full rebuild and trade CMC? Christian McCaffrey to the Chiefs. Whoa. The Chiefs <laughs> come out and say, okay, we 
drafted Clyde. That was clearly a mistake after a couple of years. Um, they go for a Super Bowl. They trade their first-round pick, maybe next year's first-rounder, for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they say our window with Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill all in their prime is kind of closing with Kelsey getting older, Hill getting a little older for a wide receiver. They get Chris McCaffrey and try to go for it for the next two years. That'd be fun. What I do don't think, think that's realistic, but I think... Well, I've seen I've seen Christian McCaffrey rumors. Yeah. Like, that's out there. And a couple of teams I've seen listed are... I've seen the Chiefs listed. I've seen I've seen the Bills listed. Um, that'll be... A, I'm not sure. I mean, I would be so excited about that. I'm not sure about how much it makes sense, but... Um, I think a, the Bills would be a very similar situation where mm-hmm. they're... And their window's not closing the Bills, I don't think, but they are one really good weapon away, at least at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think I would love to see. I think it would be very exciting to see Chris McCaffrey moved. Uh, he's one of those people. He has such an insanely high usage rate when he's involved on the Panthers. I think even if he stays on the Panthers, they need to tone it back to a normal workhorse usage rate. Like he's mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of like 95% of snaps play him 70. That is still a very high running back. usage. It's enough. Rate. It's enough. <laughs> um, but get, seeing him moved, I think makes the most sense for the Panthers or like you said, like he's not a long-term asset at this point. Um, he's 25, which is pretty young. It's not that young for a running back, especially he's really not young for a running back considering his workload that he's experienced and his injury history. Mm. So I think it makes sense for them to move him. And running back is a luxury position that I think it makes sense for a win-now team like the Chiefs to mm-hmm. trade for. Um, so I think that would make that would make a lot of sense. I would hate it if he went to the Chiefs, <laughs> but I would love the chaos of him moving. He's yeah. my he's my if we're drafting fantasy today, he'd be my first pick. Think about I'd still be it. I'm um, still in. Think about uh, that offense for fantasy if he went there. Oh, my God. <laughs> It'd be insane. They could legitimately have the number one quarterback, the number one running back, the number one tight end, and maybe the number one receiver. Yeah. Whew. Okay, I also have a chaotic one, and I was thinking about this. I think it, uh, it, it maybe could happen, but it also just doesn't help either team. <laughs> I think it's funny. So Kyler Murray... Mm. His Instagram is is dry. It's a desert. And Arizona nowhere to be seen. Arizona's pissed, calling him childish. Says he curls his hair in the at halftime and doesn't listen. I don't know. They say a bunch of things, but he's on the move. And the New York Giants um, decide to move away from Daniel Jones, as they should, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they have two really early first round picks to make it happen. To get Kyler Murray, they probably have to give maybe Saquon as well. Send Saquon to the Cardinals. Or get Saquon off the books. I mean. Or, yeah, just get Saquon out of there. Um, as well as two first-round picks. Kyler goes to not a – what's interesting about this is it's not a better situation for Kyler. So it's not like he wants out. I think it's the Cardinals like, no, we're not dealing with this. You get out. Maybe they pick up a quarterback in the draft. Um, or maybe they just pick up Daniel Jones for the time being to be like a bridge quarterback in the trade as well. So – doesn't really help either team, but maybe just like I mean, an F U Kyler. Giants. Yeah, it helps the Giants for sure. Yeah. Would you do that if you're the Giants though? Yeah, I would. Multiple first, Saquon and Daniel Jones for Kyler? Because I would not do that. I probably would. My here's my thing with the Giants is 
they are in a bit of cap space hell right now. Mm -hmm. And that would make it tough. Kyler, the reason the dissonance with the Cardinals is happening is, yeah, it's a money situation. He wants a contract extension, and he wants a bag. Um, And so it would be really tough for the Giants to do that. I think this year, the most likely scenario for the Giants this year, so they brought in some of the – uh, some Bills front office guys. Uh, they brought in Brian Dable. So mm-hmm. really, it's you know, it, they could be looking to rebuild the Giants the way the Bills rebuilt under Brandon Bean. And the first step of that was taking a year basically to clear the books, like reset, get empty some of your a lot of your bad contracts, get yourself in a financially stable situation. Take mm-hmm. like a one and take one year that's basically a full reset that you're positioned to grow the next year and grow the next year. Um, another thing that Brian, that is the Brandon Bean motto, um, and I think would very likely transfer and transfer over to the way the Giants build because it's the same guys uh, or like, you know, mm-hmm. that have developed under Brandon Bean. It's dra- and draft. Um, so, yeah, draft guys. Uh, Grow them, resign them. Mm-hmm. Like you want to see growth from the guys you draft. That's the way Bills have openly talked about building their team. And so I think the Giants trading away two first could, especially in a contract situation. I don't think that's a very likely scenario, but yeah. we are going a little more chaotic here. Mm-hmm. Kyler, with some of this weird mucky stuff, he's one of those guys that like is talked about potentially getting moved. I think there's a 95% chance yeah, at least he that he's moved. staying, but that would be one of the most chaotic and fun situations, no mm-hmm. matter where he goes. I think what's awesome. more likely is no contract stuff is going to happen this year. Cause he still has another year on his contract. Um, he just wants it early, I think. And I think so he's on his fourth year, but they, uh, he has a fifth year option. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they're probably just going to ride with the contract and then we'll, they'll deal with stuff later. But um, anyone else have one? I I feel like the Aaron Rodgers one has played out, uh, but I'll just say it: Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos for two first round picks and like Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. um, and signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours, Aaron Rodgers. Come home, be an all time great Bronco. <laughs> that, um, I mean, that's that's the one I'm rooting for. Yeah, for the most because it seems like the most realistic mm-hmm. of the crazy scenarios. Russell Wilson getting moved. Um, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. I think. What's a place that Russ has been linked to? Washington, uh, the Giants. Denver's some. Um, Philly, a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting if that Philly interesting. did something like that. And then Jalen Hurts. Poor Jalen. If, if he went to the Seahawks, who are basically, like, have nothing right mm-hmm. now. I saw some <laughs> some report. I don't think it was. I don't think it's anything at all. But, like, about DK Metcalf apparently, get, like, potentially getting traded or something. Ooh. I don't buy it, but, like, that would be super interesting. Yeah, that would. I have one other really boring scenario. Yeah, go ahead. That I think will be fun from a <laughs> fantasy perspective. I love it. It's just, like, Melvin Gordon <laughs> to back Gordon to the Chargers. Signed. It's Melvin Gordon to the Dolphins. Oh! It is Melvin Gordon. And that's kind of the two-pronged thing. I'm not a believer in Gaskin. I think Melvin Gordon looked good. Last mm-hmm. year, he could be the first and second down back while Miles Gaskin in Miami uh, be the third down back. That'd be great. Melvin Gordon, you know, he's an older running back. You just, guys like that, you just, you sign them to just pound the rock and just like <laughs> wear out whatever's left on their tires. So I think he could see uh, high volume in a Dolphins offense and make him relevant as the lead back. 
where in Denver's been the timeshare. But the bigger part of that is Melvin Gordon out of Denver and letting Javante Williams. Williams. He could be a fan. If Melvin Gordon's gone, could be an absolute fantasy star next year. I think he would be back of the first. Like wow. in a lot of yeah. drafts. And Who has him in Dynasty? Yeah, the, I was about to say. <laughs> no, I was thinking you would love this scenario. I think I, mean, I, would. I know you like Melvin, but I think you would love this scenario, Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, Melvin sometimes gets caught up in like looking for. He's he's almost too patient, and it's like, come on, just get the first down. It's two yards away. <laughs> I think get the first down. Get it right <laughs> I think there are two guys that we've had debates on that purely for fantasy perspective. We've had the debates more about regular NFL. Purely for a fantasy perspective, I think Javante could take a huge leap and, you know, be a back-end first for me, um, be really, you know, be guy I'd be really excited about versus one of my potential bust candidates for fantasy next year being Najee Harris. Um, and that's the main premise of that being Big Ben gone. The amount of targets that Najee had was insane. <laughs> it was Ben it was, couldn't throw for exactly. Yards. It was checked on. He, is, he had ninety plus targets as a rookie. He had 70 something receptions, and like that's gonna take a huge dive. And it's mm-hmm. unless they bring in, unless they make a splash move for a great quarterback, then the offense probably isn't going to be that good. So you're taking away a large share of receptions, uh, which is kind of the backbone of Najee uh, in fantasy, and then you take away touchdown opportunity for him. If Mason Rudolph's the uh, quarterback there, I want no part of Najee at what I assume will be a very, very high draft cost still. Yep. And uh, just to add on one quick other one uh, that kind of goes along with that, uh, Jameis to the Steelers. Oh, Oh, interesting. Kind of a fun. Yeah, that could happen. I I would be very excited for Deontay that happened like he would be kind of my guy that mm-hmm. uh, claypool too i think a little bit mm-hmm. yeah because it's a contested catch guy and you know Jameis likes to risk Jameis, it. yeah Jameis <laughs> will push it down the field which was obviously not a big bet in this last year and yeah i think claypool is a guy that he's very much a down the field guy De- mm-hmm. deontay thrived with big ben on the underneath stuff and i think he's still really talented to be an alpha number one uh, and thrive with whoever decent quarterback they bring in there. But Claypool would be a big benefactor of uh, Jameis pushing it down the field. Yeah, my last one, also to the Steelers, I have Derek Carr getting traded to the Steelers. Mm. Um, I don't think the Raiders would do this, but I just think that would be... It's almost like a more safe Jameis Winston if Derek Carr went there. But, I think the Steelers I think the Steelers should try to make a splash play for quarterback. Yeah, I they really should. Do. I think their defense... And a lot of their offensive skill position players are in a win-now state, and I think you need to go for it because if Mason Rudolph is a starting quarterback in the NFL, it's a joke. I don't believe that. I don't believe that is it. <laughs> I don't believe that's in the range of outcomes. Truthfully, they will bring in someone, anyone. But yeah, I would much rather them make a splash play than go for a rookie, or to go for one of these bottom-level uh, free agents. Yeah. I agree. Okay, that was fun. That was fun, fun off-season <laughs> possibilities. Up next, we have Travia, also known as Trivia from Trey, Trey Trivia. What do you got for us? All right, so Everyone's here's some NFL draft trivia brought to you by Trey. I did all of the research myself, oh, so oh, this oh. was not just trivia that I found. I went back and looked at the wow. boards, and so... Uh, let's start with a couple team-specific ones. And so, I mean, it's open to anyone, but I've got a Bills Ooh. NFL draft 
uh, history trivia. All right, so in the last 25 years, oh goodness, how many times have the Bills drafted an offensive lineman with their first pick? Ooh. Man, I don't know. 25. Did they have did they have picks like is it 25 picks? Uh, it's just their first pick in each of the last 25 oh, years. Oh, first pick doesn't matter about first yeah. round. Okay. I, I, I know in my memory, it hasn't happened at all. Um, I want to say like 25 years is a long gap. I've been a Bills fan, uh, for about eight or nine years now. And in that duration, as far as I know, it's happened zero times. And for a question like this, specifically <laughs> O-line for 25 <laughs> years, it's going to be on one end of the extremes. I'm going to say zero. Okay, the answer is once. Okay. Wow. Um, so I'm assuming you don't know the follow-up question, which is who was, who was it <laughs> and what year. Uh, his name was Mike Williams in 2002. He That's was a actually, wide receiver, actually. <laughs> he was actually the number four overall pick. Oh, wow. So I guess he didn't pan out. <laughs> he could Well, it's also 25 yeah, years. He could have. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was crazy. Twenty-five years, one offensive lineman as their first pick. Yeah, uh, that's crazy, and it's also interesting thinking about. You know, we'll get to a uh, get to our mock year in a minute, and we have some O line going real early, mm-hmm. and so yeah, man, I, I know we we've, we've taken uh, a number of shots either late in drafts or we've taken a couple second round picks recently. Like our you know franchise left tackle Deion Dawkins was a second round pick. Uh, in that Josh Allen draft, we took Cody Ford the year after, who turned out to be a bust in the second round. Um, and so, yeah, current regime is definitely take shots later at the offensive line. Maybe that changes this year, but um, but yeah, only one in twenty five years. <laughs> he he was a bust. He <laughs> uh, he started several games at right tackle and sucked. So several he was, games, and so he was moved. <laughs> he was moved to left tackle. Okay. He was widely seen as a draft bust and eventually lost the starting job to undrafted free agent Jason Peters. Oh. Um, and then after a failed attempt to convert him to guard, they tried him at defensive tackle, and he was released in 2006. <laughs> you don't really see that much anymore. So desperate, they try to switch sides. And then he got somehow got on the Jacksonville Jaguars and then the, the Washington at the time. About to say, Redskins. so if he was drafted in 2002, 2006 was his fourth year, they would have declined his fifth your option and so he's getting paid a lot of money as the fourth pick there regardless so they got to do they got to do something with them yeah yeah and it said only in goal line situations (laughs) okay all right so now we've got some broncos let's go Braxton Lynch. Broncos. <laughs> Since 1992, the Broncos have only picked in the top 10 three times, which is kind of crazy. Good who are, team. Who are those three players? Uh, Bradley Chubb, mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller, and Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller. I'm curious if if it's a since nineteen ninety two. I guess that probably means in nineteen ninety one they drafted in the top ten, but I don't know if it's someone from Portis Clinton was Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis, thank you. I think I can't remember if he started at Washington or the Broncos. I always forget. Um, is it a more recent one, or am I missing a late one? Because Bradley Chubb's the most recent in my. Oh, you're not telling me. Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. What? 
some of the quarterbacks they've taken. Uh, they haven't done Paxton a top 10 was. I thought Paxton I can't. Rem- was I think he was middle. I thought he was middle. I'll, okay, I I'll, get, he was I'll give you this hint. You you know this player. I know this player. Like it's not like an old guy. Was Sertan eleven last year? Pick eleven. Did we have nine? It was either nine or just outside. I'll say Sertan. Sertan. Okay. okay. I couldn't remember if it was <laughs> if we had pick eleven or pick nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Br- Br- uh, Von Miller was number two. Bradley Chubb was number four. Nice. Yeah, well, but that's crazy. Only picking in the top ten three times since 1992. Yeah. Um, okay, well, pretty so, good at football. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've got a Razorbacks one. Um, Ooh, dogs. From 2008 on, the Hogs have only had four players drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Who were they, what round, and what team drafted them? Well, we got all three running backs. Two running backs. What? Darren McFadden. Felix Jones. Was Peyton Hillis not? No, he was a later round pick. I thought he was second round. Darren Darren McFadden was pick four or five to the Raiders, something like that. Uh, Felix Jones 21? I want to say he was pick 21. Is that right? 25, I think. Uh, I'm just asking round. Oh, he was first round. He was into the first round to the Cowboys. Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Um, Was Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry must have been a... We had a lineman. Two round. Lyman drafted the Lions. Uh, Ragnow. Yeah, Ragnow. Was drafted, yeah, to the Lions first round. And Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry. Hunter was Hunter? he second round? He was second round. Yeah. Though. Nice. So, oh, you guys killed that one. Bang! Um, but that, I, I was pretty surprised only four hogs since 2008 drafted in the first two rounds. If you would have gone back a little oh, further. I, didn't even catch, I was thinking just first round. I, I didn't even yeah, for, like So the, Hunter Henry is our only second round pick in the, since 2008. If you would have gone back a little further, Matt you would have seen... Matt Jones well, in the first round as a wide receiver. I, I was going to include that, but there was another guy in between, I think, that I had no idea who he was. <laughs> gotcha. um, anyways. Trail, I mean, Traylon Burke's going to be... Uh, yeah, so that that's kind of why I brought it up is because we're definitely going to have one this year. Yeah, um, he's, I think he's... I've seen him mocked quite a few places. Uh, I've seen him mocked in the top 10. Uh, the lowest I've seen him go in a mock is to Green Bay. At 28, um, I think my absolute dream scenario, obviously, is the Bills to get him. <laughs> I think it's more likely than not them, that we'd have to trade up, and I don't see that really mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Uh, but if he, f- the, the saddest thing that could ever happen, this it would be worse than 13 seconds for me uh, if the, he fell to the Bills and then we passed on him. Yeah, that would be tough because also it, it just makes sense to take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I have a couple of quick ones on Alabama. What was the last year Alabama didn't have at least one first round pick? Oh goodness, two thousand five. <laughs> when did when did when did Saban get? There? Um, I don't know. Two thousand one. I'd say two thousand five. Okay, it actually y'all actually overshot it. Two thousand eight. Okay. Mm. Um, how many first rounders have they had since two thousand nine? Total. <sighs> Let's say an average of uh, thirteen over thirteen drafts. Let's say an average of three a year. <laughs> I feel like three years a good average. Two, maybe two a year is more likely. I don't know. I'm going to say 50. I'm going to say uh, like 32. 38, so y'all yeah. on either side. Okay. That's um, crazy. That, 13 That's... drafts, 38 first-round picks. And this last year was their most. I think it was like six. Yeah. George oh, is going to be gosh. like that this year. But, yeah, okay. really are. Next trivia. Since 2008, only three non-quarterbacks have been drafted as the first overall pick. Who are they and what team drafted them? Since what year? 2008. 
Only three non-quarterbacks. Three non-quarterbacks, number one pick. Who Jadavion are they? Clowney. And what team? Jadavion Clowney. The Texans. Um, was Nick Bosa one? No, he was two. He was two. Because Kyler Murray went ahead of him. Um, man, Von Miller was two. Is it a? Can you get positions? Is it a lineman? They're both linemen on either side of the ball. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking Edge. Uh, you know, Edge Chase Young. Was he one? No, he was two. Frick, a lot of two guys. <laughs> yeah. It is was there fun. another His quarterback? Is obviously a position that, like, not only is it so highly valued, but like when there's a standout guy, even if your team need isn't quarterback at the one, someone will it. offer a haul. Miles Garrett. That's it. Miles Garrett. I don't know who the old lineman would be. Oh, lineman was it? This might be what Fisher. Fisher. Nice. Fisher. Nice. Chiefs. Good stuff. I couldn't remember if that was inside the 2008 zone or not, or if it was uh, before then. But nice. Let's go. It's crazy how many elite edge rushers we could name that went at two. (laughs) Like it's a really common spot. Um, Okay. What quarterbacks went first in those years where non-quarterbacks were drafted first? Gosh. Eric Fisher, no idea. David Carr, how how long ago was that? (laughs) Uh, I'll give a first hint is... um, Jamarcus Russell. The the years are 2013, 2014, and 2017. 2013, 2014. Clowney. Who was before Clowney? It's crazy I can put the quarterbacks together. Like, if you told me a quarterback that was drafted, I could probably figure out. Clowney, is that Baker? No. Baker was the first pick, though. Yeah, he was a first, but not that year. Uh, the question is, which who was quarterback the first quarter- went first in the years? So, like, Miles Garrett draft. Who was the first quarterback taken oh, to the Miles afterward. Garrett draft? Got to get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go ahead and give it the second follow-up hint. Um, of the teams that took these three quarterbacks, two are blind squirrels teams, and the other one is the Jags. Paxton Lynch. <laughs> no. Dang. He was 2015, I think. Oh, so actually, and I do know this one because it was the 13th pick. It was a horrible quarterback <laughs> year, and the Bills took EJ Manuel. Yep, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. Bears? That, <laughs> what a dark year that was. Do the Bears have one? If, even with a horrible quarterback class that, like, people weren't expecting it, you know, you always think quarterbacks, even if it's a bad class, they're going to rise. Even at 13, E.J. Manuel was considered a way <laughs> reach at that time. Doug Whaley uh, The Bears. Mitchell Trubisky. Yep, Mitch went behind Garrett, I believe. Okay, okay. and then Eric Fisher's the last one. Uh, yes. For the Jags. The, who did the Jags take as the first quarterback off the board that year? Oh, man. What's his name? Um... Byron Leftwich. No, that was way before. He's a guy. I, I don't know. There's someone here that like knows him. Someone was like, "Oh, I know that guy. I I know the quarterback. He's like chunky white guy. <laughs> He's like a tall chunky white guy." Oh, Cole Kelly. He, was it Cole <laughs> Kelly? Say the name. Who is it? I got a snake, man. Oh, Blake Bortles. Yeah, Blake yeah. Bortles. Wow. That's what I <laughs> Big, tall, <laughs> chunky white guy. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot that he existed. <laughs> first, first. When you said you got a dude. snake in your boot. I was like Jake Plummer. <laughs> first quarterback off the board in twenty thirteen. That's what oh. they called him. <laughs> okay, 
Next question. How many number one overall picks from the last 15 seasons are still under contract in the NFL? From the last 15 seasons? Yes. Well, most of them are quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Eight. we know the, the ones that weren't quarterbacks are under contract. Yeah. I think. Eight? I feel like it has to be more than that for just thinking of picks. Yeah, maybe. I'm in the... I say 11. 10 to 12. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Different different but the same. (laughs) It's 10. The five that are not are Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford, Andrew Luck, Chris Long, and Cam Newton's technically not under contract right now. Mm. Um, And I forgot about Sam Bradford. He was so good in college. And then how many of the 10 that are still under contract are with their drafted team? Oh, five. I think. Maybe more than that, because you think five-year deals. It's maybe like seven. Yeah, I was thinking um, five sounds reasonable, because we will know Miles Garrett was there. And then quarterbacks, there's just less movement, but 15 years. So there's Kyler on his current team. There's Baker on his current team. Um, I'm going to get, I think, five. Five. Nice. The five that are not are Stafford, obviously. Okay. Uh, Clowney, mm-hmm. Goff, Jameis, <laughs> Goff, <laughs> and Eric Fisher. Wow. Nice. Nice. Um, well done. That was great trivia. Yeah. There's two more, <laughs> including Jamarcus. <laughs> <laughs> including Jamarcus Russell in 2007. Twelve quarterbacks have been drafted uh, since then. Is the, I think it's the number one overall pick. Um, how many playoff wins have they combined for? And yeah, how many playoff wins do you think they combined for? And how many Super Bowls? Well, Stafford has four now and Mm -hmm. one Super Bowl. Baker has two. Goff made, yeah, Goff. Yep. Made a Super Bowl, so that's. Made a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So that's. Andrew Luck. Did he like. Uh, Because he lost in Deflategate. Yeah, so he made it a lot. I mean, that's I a pretty good Cam Newton. There. That's 12. Cam Newton. Went there twice. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I mean. It's up there. Rough estimate would be around 20 or so. 20, 20 playoff wins and two Super Bowls? One Super Bowl? So it's 16 wins between 11. Uh, it's 11 quarterbacks. Luck and Stafford are combined at the top for four. Goff, three. Burrow, two. Uh, oh, yeah. Cam, two. And Baker, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last one, since Peyton Manning in 1998, how many quarterback Super Bowls have been won by the number one pick, and who are they? Cam Newton. Super Bowl wins. Super oh. Wins. Stafford. Stafford. Uh, not Baker. Is it Super Bowl wins. I think it, what we just talked about some of those quarterbacks. Uh, so Eric Fisher has won a Super Bowl, I think. He was on. Are you just asking for quarterbacks? Just quarterbacks. Oh, just quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. I think it's just Stafford. It might just be Stafford. I think I'm in one. Uh, Eli Manning has two. Oh. Oh. He was the first. He was first overall pick in 2000. And then got traded. 2004. Oh, that draft. Watching the videos of that is so crazy. That's yeah, wild. That whole. I mean, so much of it was coming out <laughs> on draft day. Yeah. Imagine like that now in like the social media world. Oh, my be gosh. Crazy. That was. That's so fun to look, look back on. Okay, I forgot that he was number one, though. So it's three total? Yep. Okay. Wow. Which feels low. 
for number one overall quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also you think the teams that are drafting them. <laughs> That's true. Like, it takes a bit to get true, there. But it's also like, uh, thinking through, there have been a lot of, I don't know, quarterback is one of the hardest positions to really, you know, nail and get a, f- a franchise guy. And so, thinking through some of these quarterbacks, there are not ma- as many impressive mm-hmm. guys as you, as you would think. I mean, Kyle, Kyler, there's definitely question marks around right now. Baker, Baker is, huge question marks. Jameis is barely a starter now. Yeah. Goff is pretty much barely a starter now. Yeah. And by barely a starter, we're going to be exiled to Detroit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but so it's still it. it's still mostly first-round guys that end up doing well. Right. It's just not always the first guy taken. Because you than, also rarely well, actually, see... For, su- for Super Bowl wins, I think it's like majority would be six-round guys. <laughs> Thank you, Tom Brady. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Um, I think it's a perfect segue into uh, our mock draft. So a quick background on this. Luke, Kate, and I all alternated picks on a first-round uh, mock draft. Again, Cade couldn't be here, so Trey's going to be there in his place. We won't ask Trey to explain why he made the pick because he didn't. Uh, I'll explain why the pick was trash. <laughs> <laughs> but Trey is going to be our, uh, is it a trash pick? Is it a good pick? Whatever. And this um, is one, I feel like, so we did kind of a rotating thing. So Luke, uh, I picked, Cole picked, Cade picked. And so there we did no trades in this one. Um, we kind of, sometimes you do a mock draft thinking of what the team will do. Uh, versus what you would do in their position. I did it more, and I think we all did it probably more in the sense of what we think the team will do. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, without trades and kind of, I feel like there's a lot um, that we would each change up if we were each doing our own individual mock draft. Like, yes. I mean, there, let me see, there are some quarter. I mean, you took Drake London early. over Burks, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, which I would never, which I would never personally do. Birch would be my one hundred and one. I mean, if I'm if I'm the GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> welcome home, Birch. But, um, but yeah, so this is it was definitely an interesting kind of doing this rotating uh, pick thing, and it also played into uh, we didn't just control teams like the Giants had two picks within three slots, so Cole picked for them uh, once, and then I picked for them once a couple mm-hmm. picks later, and so. Also, if you are a fan of any team that doesn't pick in the first round, do not worry. I went to carried three rounds, out. and I carried it out past the first round, and I have picks for Chicago, Seattle, Indianapolis, San Francisco, and uh, the Rams. So we will cover those at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, to get us started, Luke, you had the first pick. Yeah, I took Evan Who would you take and why? I took Evan Neal, I think. In in most scenarios, I believe take the best player available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Evan Neal is kind of being mocked a ton. Number one, uh, I think that he's second in odds to go number one, maybe even first on betting odds. Tim mm-hmm. or Aiden Hutchinson right now leading those betting odds. I think when you have a guy like you invested, obviously your first round, your number one pick last year in Trevor Lawrence, you saw a very rocky first season. I'm in the camp that you build the offense, right? You mm-hmm. you build the offense first. That's your first priority. Give Trevor the ability to get comfortably safe behind a good offensive line uh, and be start his development because uh, he is your franchise cornerstone for a long time mm-hmm. if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what you're hoping for. Uh, so I think you start by building the offense, and then as that progresses, then you look, you know, year after year two, after year three, 
after year four is where you're really looking to, if you see what you want to out of the offense, then you start bringing in the pieces on the defense. I think you start by protecting uh, Trevor Lawrence. There's not a one-on-one that I'm just like, a lot of the drafts recently, everyone knew who the one-on-one was going into it. This one's going to be so fun. This is, yeah, this, there's a lot of, a lot up in the air, partially because it's not such standouts. Like, I don't even think, uh, like, Evan Neal isn't like a Quentin Nelson type prospect where it's like, he's like, you know, flawless, you know, what you're, you know, you're getting an absolute stud. He should be, he should be very good. He's, but in most drafts, I don't think he's worth the number one pick. Yeah, uh, it, there's, um, I think the general consensus is nobody in this draft would go, <laughs> yeah, general consensus, nobody in this draft would go before pick eight in last year's draft. A little bit of that's hindsight 2020, what some of those guys ended up being. But you, there's more depth in this class than there's been in a lot. Like I went the full three rounds and there's viable starters all the way through the three rounds. I think Evan Neal's a great pick. I have no complaints there. It's a good year to have a lot of picks versus the top pick. Yes, right. totally agree. Because you're you're not going to get a haul for like like if the if Jacksonville wanted to get out of this pick, they're not going to get much, right? Um, comparatively to no years prior, because there's no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, I, I had the Detroit pick, and I took Aiden Hutchinson. Love the story. Keep him same. Keep him in state. Um, he's my best edge on the board. I know Kayvon Thibodeau. We'll see how he tests and if that can flip it uh, in the combine. But Aiden Hutchinson, I love the way he plays. I love his leadership. And I think that's something Dan Campbell is going to really like is the type of person that he is and the type of way he plays. He bites kneecaps. Yeah, he'll bite <laughs> kneecaps. Uh, but anyway, we don't have to spend super long because I, I think at least the first like five or so are pretty like chalky picks where – Maybe it's mixed between, but it's being mocked pretty similarly. I'll go ahead and announce the next one. Unless, Trey, do you want to announce Cades? Sure, I'll announce it. Cool. Uh, Ikim Ikwon, of course, of course you give me that name. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I don't really know much about him, but uh, Houston's rebuilding and offensive tackle is a good position to rebuild yeah. with. Ikim Ikwanu, he's an offensive tackle. Um, he's more, it, Evan Neal is going to be more pass pro, more pass protection, while Ikim Ikwanu is all about running the ball. He's a slugger. He's it's it's choose your flavor. Who do you want? Do you want a guy that pass blocks a little better? If you want the best pass blocker, you're going to get Charles Cross. If you want the best run blocker, you're going to get Egan McQuanu. If you want the best overall well-rounded, you'll get Evan Neal. That's kind of how they're seen as a trio. I will say, uh, just going back to Luke's pick, or I guess Cole's pick, I would personally take uh, Kayvon over Aiden. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand he's from Michigan, so maybe Detroit just, like, you know, keeps him there. But I personally think Kayvon's a better player than Aiden. There, there's, I mean, I think Aiden had, I mean, obviously he was a Heisman finalist. He was spectacular his year. Kayvon was kind of who was expected going into the year. Uh, there's a lot of num- people's number one overall picks. He obviously got hurt. Um, I think, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of discrepancy there. I had Thibodeau over Hutchison for a while. I've flipped, flip-flopped it. He would be my number, pick at three um, for the Texans there just because I think taking best player available. I'm a big believer in that for the most part. Uh, and also edge rush is so important. But instead, I took him number four for the Jets, uh, built the defensive line, uh, Robert Sala, defensive coach. They have some pieces on that defensive front. Um, right now their offense, They I think they can't, They will address, off, they've addressed offensive line heavy in recent drafts. 
Um, and so I think that's developing to a decent place. I don't think this is the spot to take a weapon for them. I think building the defense is the next step for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just an aside, uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a Heisman candidate. It was so dumb, especially if you put him up against Will Anderson. Will Anderson's stats oh, across the Will board Anderson were so much better, <laughs> and Aiden Hutchinson was the Heisman final. There's already conversations if Will Anderson's going to be better than Micah Parsons in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's preview the preview for next him. year's uh, gym. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, as long as he doesn't absolutely suck, he's going to be the first player taken next year, barring a quarterback, right? A quarterback need. Um, Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young or the Ohio State guy. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's so bad. Um, Garbage. Yeah, so Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, I think it's a good pick for the Jets. I I think he... There's somebody that says he doesn't have the fire anymore, um, which I don't know what that means. But um, up next, I took Charles Cross right before Carolina. I took him to the New York Giants. Sorry, Noah. Um, they just if they're going to commit to Daniel Jones, you got to commit to Daniel Jones. And and I know they're probably saying we've spent so much draft capital on O line. Yeah, well, it sucks. Well, it's still. also a new regime. True. Like there's a there's a sense of you know you don't consider sunk costs even in general. Yep. This is a new regime. These aren't the costs they've sunk. They're coming into a completely new perspective, uh, and you're trying to build something from the ground up. You want to give Daniel Jones every opportunity to succeed. Uh, regardless, I wouldn't be surprised if they have every intention of moving on from him um, after this year. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised. I think Mitchell Trubisky is a candidate to come into the Giants Ooh. and compete for the starting job. Uh, with Daniel Jones, but really, like I said earlier, I think this is a reset year for the Giants, and offensive line is a solid place to start a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Panthers, uh, Cade took Kyle Hamilton for them. I do not like that pick. Um, <laughs> I would take Derek Stingley to pair with, um, what's his name from last year? Uh, J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. I think that would be an insane be, combo. Um, and I think corner is just so much more valuable than safety. Because Gilmore's gone. I think that it's more, yeah. th- more than likely stuff on Gilmore who they traded for is gone. Safety is rarely a highly drafted pick. Yeah, I would take Stingley, but uh, I th- Hamilton's highly rated, so, so it's fine. I wouldn't take him top six, though. I know, Cole, you love Hamilton. He's my number one player this year. So, I, I mean, I, I think he's... As a safety? Yeah, he's insane. As a prospect, he's my number one player. Obviously, when you go to mock drafts, you start taking positional value into it. Um, but I think he... I'm I'm blanking. I'm, I've been looking up trying to... What is this? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Jeremy Chin. Pairing him alongside Jeremy Chin as a safety could be an elite combo. They've also talked about how he can play in the box as like a, a nickel corner or even just a box... Um, yeah, in the box safety. So I think he's dynamic enough to do a lot of things, but I think you couldn't go wrong with Derek Stingley or Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. For my next pick, I have the Giants. They already took an offensive tackle in Charles Cross, and I think you continue your, re- your rebuild by building the trenches and take David and uh, David Ajabu. Uh, and so get an edge rusher there. Uh, edge rush is a very important position, as we talked about earlier, Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau. Ajabo is, you know, after Hutchison and Thibodeau are the clear top two, mm-hmm. then there's a little bit more discrepancy. But I think continuing to build the trenches, I actually do. I really like the Giants' secondary uh, as it is right now. But yeah. they're also, you know, books resetting. We don't. I don't know who they have in terms of long-term future plans for. And 
when that's in question, you know, mm-hmm. when in doubt, built the trenches. And that's how I feel for the Giants right now. Yeah, a, a raw prospect that can bring a lot of juice. Uh, and, I mean, at this pick, you're not going to take a guy that, like, maybe a, a, the next safety is not going to be as good as Kyle Hamilton. And so if you're trying to build outside of the D-line, uh, I just don't see a lot of opportunity. David Jabba's great pick there. Up next, I had... Derek Stingley going off the board to the Atlanta Falcons, pairing him alongside A.J. Terrell. I love the idea of drafting based on strength and making it stronger. I think you're kind of punting offense if you're the Falcons. You've been doing it for years. You might as well keep doing it because Matt Ryan is coming up on the last year or few years of his deal, um, and they're just not going to – I don't think they're going to waste time with offense – knowing that it's around the corner where he's not going to be here. And it's not like they're a good enough team to compete right now anyway. he's also, They also have a Calvin Ridley situation. Could they move him and mm-hmm. uh, you know enter full rebuild? Uh, they have Cordero Patterson, who was so critical to their offense last year. He's a free agent, likely not going to be back. And so a lot of things are going to be changing for the Falcons. I don't expect them to be good next year, uh, but I've – high on Stingley as a prospect moving on to the next pick. I just, I want to note one other thing that we talked about going into this mock draft. We are also drafting, uh, under the presumption as the teams are now. So we're not projecting off season moves like an Aaron Rodgers trade or, yep. uh, yep. so like Denver's on the clock now. Yep. For and pick. Cade took another trash player with Kenny Pickett <laughs> in the top 10. Um, I wouldn't, like I said earlier, I wouldn't take any of these quarterbacks in the top 10, uh, and especially, you said not, you wouldn't take him first round. Sorry, yeah, first round, and especially Kenny Pickett um, for the Broncos. I don't really know what their other team needs are. Um, you like Edge because we lost Von Miller. Yeah, maybe the linebacker Jermaine Johnson. I don't. I, I don't know if he's going to rise that much. Um, but uh, or Nicobe Dean. I love. I love Nicobe Dean, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure you would love him on the Broncos, Cole. So yeah, I would have done that. Great. Yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> I'm let's say, so let's say you're the GM of the Broncos, Cole. Yes. You don't bring in, you don't get the high-valued quarterback. What do you do with the pick here? Do you draft a rookie? Uh, I know you don't want Drew Long because you started next year. Do you want to sign, uh, well, would you want to sign a... <laughs> Jimmy a, G? <laughs> Jimmy G. Jimmy GQ10. Uh, would you want to sign like a, almost like a bridge quarterback and basically punt the quarterback position next year? Or are you interested in a rookie quarterback? Um, not a bridge quarterback. If it's slightly better than bridge, like a Kirk Cousins is better than a bridge quarterback, then maybe I'm okay with stuff like that. But I think I would draft a rookie just knowing if we, if we end up having to draft a rookie quarterback, I think you can put Denver in the about to reset everything category. Because almost all your young players are coming up on your third, fourth, fifth years, and you're going to have to re-sign all of them. You won't be able to re-sign all of them, and so there's going to be a hard reset. But you might as well have a quarterback on his first year that's cheap. They doled out a lot of money this last year to wide yeah. receivers. They gave some Sutton bigger deals to and Sutton and uh, to Patrick. Patrick. What's crazy is we still have a ton of money. We have like thirty something million. Mm-hmm. We're like top eight in cap space or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I mean, that that's all about to go away in two to three years. Yeah. As an aside, I did not, like, is this a typical mock where N'Kobe Dean goes 32? I figured he'd be, like, a top 15 pick. Yeah, linebacker's less valuable. And also, people just don't know Devin Lloyd. Um, but I think Devin Lloyd's better 
than Nicobe Dean. Um, he's being compared a lot right now to Fred Warner, um, but he is a athletic, and he's much bigger than Nicobe Dean. I don't think people realize Nicobe Dean's pretty small. Really? Like, he's not a very big guy. He, says he has great instinct, and sideline to sideline is insane. Mm-hmm. Nicobe Dean, I would love him on the Bills. Um, but my next pick, I pick again for the Jets and built the defense up with Kayvon Thibodeau at the four pick, and now I'm bringing it back around and getting Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, getting getting cornerback. He's my number two cornerback out there behind Derek Stingley. Uh, once again, building up the defense. I think the offense, they've invested a lot of capital in it recently, and I think there is more investing still to do there. Um, but I think building that defense up is the way Robert Sala wants to win. Uh, I think, yeah, getting and getting a good young potentially shut down corner and having adding two defensive cornerstones in this draft uh, with these two top ten picks could be a really good setup for the Jets moving forward. I think they need to win is begin with the mindset, uh, you know, win with defense. They you want to surround uh, Zach Wilson with weapons, and you want to get him in a good situation and to win. I think you address the wide receiver side of things in like free agency or something. It's a, a hope that Elijah Moore has a breakout that he showed the potential for uh, in his rookie year. And so hoping that he takes a step forward, be a reliable one, maybe bring in a solid two in free agency or something, but continue to build the young core on the defensive side. Yep. Love that pick. Uh, Ahmad Garner, a lot of people, a lot of people's cornerback one ahead of Derek Stingley because of injury concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, with my next pick with Washington, I'm having them take Matt Corral. Again, this is, the idea that nothing has changed. I think Matt Corral is a slight upgrade to everything that they do have currently at Washington. You which also get a money. Which is just a commentary on Washington. <laughs> yeah, which is just... Uh, but the commanders uh, take command by drafting Matt Corral. I don't really have a ton of analysis on this pick. He's he's high as a quarterback on my draft board, um, but I ultimately think they'll be back in a similar situation next he's year. He's a solid mobile quarterback without being a runner court, running quarterback. Like, you know, yep. you want that baseline. He seems to me to be like the safest bet to be a decent player. In to the be NFL, fine. To be, uh, to be a solid uh, NFL quarterback. And so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Cade with the Vikings took Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I just looked up his stats and in three years, he only got two interceptions. So another poor pick here from Cade. Um, <laughs> he also could look um, elsewhere for corner. They, they were ran on like as a defense. Uh, it was some stat like they just, their opponent ran against them 80% of the time because they didn't want to throw against Trent McDuffie and the other cornerback, Kyler Gordon, who is probably going to go in the second round. They were thrown to, like, as a pair, the least in NCAA, or it's like top five least or something crazy. Uh, Trent McDuffie, mostly a um, slot guy, a zone guy, uh, but he's really elite. I know, I think PFF has him as their cornerback one right now. Um, But, yeah. Didn't have a lot of interceptions because he was never thrown to. Minnesota needs defensive help. Mm-hmm. There, they were a really bad defense last year. They have the offensive weapons right now. Adam Thielen's getting older, uh, but like you, Justin Jefferson is a top five wide receiver in the league to me, and he's 
you know, and he's very young. Dalvin Cook, he's coming up towards the end here. Um, like, you know, he's getting older, I guess I should say. And then Kirk Cousins, a lot of question marks up in the air about him. They're in an interesting position um, offensively. Uh, they have, yeah, some of those guys, but their defense is just atrocious last mm-hmm. year. And they they could have been a much – like the story could have been a lot different for the Vikings last year if they – the defense that took the step forward that people were expecting from them. Yeah, 100%. Drake London. Cleveland Brown- Browns are adding a wide receiver. They need uh, first wide receiver first off the board. First wide receiver off the board. I could not possibly bring myself to draft Traylon Burks to the Browns here. Uh, a sad <laughs> but, story. Well, even though he is my clear wide receiver one. But Drake London is, you know, he's been mocked to the Browns a number of times. I think at it makes sense. He what he showed, uh, you know, he had some injury issues, uh, but you know when he was on the field, his contested catch uh, was insane. I believe you might have brought this stat up, Cole. Something like he had the most contested catches in the country, and he did it in such a short span of time. Like, yeah, he had the most contested catches all of last year, and he only played eight games. Yeah. And Traylon Burks was right behind him with one. Yeah. One one less than him. But <laughs> And you need a wide catch radius when Baker's your quarterback. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I think you you have to know what you have in Baker. Um, you don't – he played through injury last year. You need to know if it is time to cut ties and move on or if he can still be your guy moving forward. Because last year was rough. But, again, there were injury and question marks. The wide receiver room was really bad. Also, Jarvis um, might be out this year. Have Jarvis, you seen all that? Yeah, Jarvis that could drama be gone. Um, and so Drake London getting a weapon there, give Baker the opportunity to see and to succeed in potentially a make or break year for him. Mm-hmm. Up next, I have a team that traditionally has uh, developed edge and defensive linemen really well. Baltimore. I have them taking George Karloftis out of Purdue. Um, really strong player. He's not, doesn't have crazy bend. He's not super fast, but he's really strong and his hand technique is excellent. Not a ton of analysis here either. I think Baltimore develops these types of guys really well. And so I think they would love to see George Karloftis here. Yeah. And then the Eagles have like three of the next five picks. And so could definitely see them making some kind of move with this capital, but assuming they stay put, Kate has them taking Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Um, you know, that defense was just monstrous last year, and he was one of the big reasons for that. So, uh, you know, I think the Eagles could use some defensive line help. Uh, they're okay there, but uh, could always use a guy like Trayvon Walker. Just and, depth on the defensive line. And he's dynamic. Like, he played edge. He played inside of a three-tech. Yeah, he Very versatile. He's a guy that if you're trying to build up a defense and you're not sure exactly where you need a guy, Trayvon Walker's like, yeah, he could play any of those roles. Mm-hmm. Eagles are back on the clock here. Uh, so With back the to back steal picks, of the draft. And I have them taking Traylon Burks. You talk about don't consider sunk costs. They have sunk recent uh, a lot of recent draft <laughs> capital into wide receiver. Obviously, they could have had Justin Jefferson, but they didn't. They had Jalen Rager, and they wide receiver is still very much in need for them. Uh, you saw in the playoff game against the Bucks, separation was not there, and the Bucks Ooh. have a bad secondary. Um, and so it was tough sledding. Uh, you would have loved to see, you know, Jalen Hurts maybe look for Devonta Smith more in that game or something. But like, just in general, wide receiver is a big need. 
for the Eagles. Traylon Burks is an absolute freak. If you're listening to this, you're probably an Arkansas fan because you're probably friends with us, and uh, <laughs> and you know just how good Traylon Burks is. His measurables are insane. He's a massive dude. It shouldn't be possible for someone that big to run that fast. His catch radius is insane. So, obviously, we know what Traylon Burks can do on the field. He's very versatile. You can fit. You can build schemes around him. You can use him. You can bring him into the backfield and use him. Jalen Hurts is a very prolific running quarterback. Where the Eagles found success later in the year is when they went more to the ground game. And Traylon Burks is a guy that can be used in that capacity. Uh, not you know, so almost like in a De- in Debo sort of role. He's very versatile there, but adding another weapon, giving Jalen Hurts every opportunity to succeed. Again, he's a guy has shown has shown first half of the year watching him, I was like, holy crap, this dude is not an NFL quarterback. This dude looks atrocious. He looked horrible the first half of the year, and he got progressively better, and I started liking a good amount what I saw from him down the stretch, and so you give him help give you and give yourself more time to evaluate him uh, as a quarterback, and Traylon Burks is the steal of the draft, even at the 101. Which would work out so well for my fandom choice. <laughs> can that I would work out great. Can I offer a, a player comp that I just think might be unfair? I think it's, I think Traylon Burks is the perfect mix of DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel. <laughs> like he's just, he's got that sideline go speed where you could send him on a go route and he'll contested catch over whoever he's up against. But like you said, you can put him in a backfield or you can put him on a screen or a slant, and he's the yards after catch guy. Like he's going to break a ton of tackles. Mm-hmm. So we're describing a lot of what makes Traylon Burks elite because uh-huh. there's a lot that makes him elite. The question mark about him is his route running. Uh, you know, he was used in so many different areas in Arkansas that I don't think I don't think I can see him ever being just this incredible separation route running guy. Like he's not going to be like a Stephon Diggs type of. Uh, type of guy, Devonte Adams type of win, getting separation on the route, but he's such a big body, fast matchup nightmare. Um, and I think it yeah definitely plays to his advantage that he was moved around mm-hmm. and used in so many different areas for the Hogs. Totally agree. My next one, and I think I would do this regardless of what happens with Mike Williams, um, Jamison Williams going to the Chargers. Mike Williams, one, might be on the move, so you might need a wide receiver, too. But even if he's not, we've seen that the teams that play in Super Bowls and win Super Bowls, especially in recent memories, are teams that have three wide receivers that are all good, at at the very least good. And so I think Herbert is missing that last um, weapon, and I think Jameson Williams would more than cover that that as a weapon. You'd have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, um, Eckler in the background, background backfield. Um, I think this would be a really like talk about a fun fantasy team. Mm-hmm. The Chargers, if Jameson Williams was added, would be so much fun. Oh yeah, and if Mike did leave, then they wouldn't have to reprint the jerseys. <laughs> so true. <laughs> My um, knock on this one would be, yeah, if Mike Williams stays, like you said, you'd do it regardless. Mm-hmm. I would not do it regardless. Mm-hmm. I think Jameson Williams. I think they have other needs. Jameson Williams is obviously. A freak. I'm very high on him. I would love him on the Bills, uh, but I think the Chargers have a really good number of wide receiver three and Josh Palmer, a guy like yeah, he was a rookie true. last year that I think could, he turned it up late. Yeah, he, I think he could continue to emerge. And so, if Mike Williams is there, and you draft J- and Jameson Williams, you obviously have an insane trio, but you're also you're basically taking Josh Palmer out of the mix, who's true. a guy you hope steps up, and so. 
I think it makes much more sense of a pick if Mike Williams is gone. For this might tell that. us what they think of Josh Palmer. Uh, that's true. If Mike Williams is there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so Cade had uh, one really nice pick, um, Trayvon <laughs> Walker, and now he's back to the garbage picks. <laughs> Sam Howell to the Saints at 18. Um, I'm not really a believer in Sam Howell. He is a worse version of Mitch Trubisky coming out of North Carolina. <laughs> and we know what Mitch Trubisky panned out to be. I'm so. incredibly out on him. To be him honest, I think Howell. Cade's out on him too. Um, <laughs> Cade tried to pick Matt Corral here. Um, and I reminded him that Matt Corral had already been taken, and he did not want to have to give Malik Willis <laughs> to the Saints. Yeah, so, see, honestly, I I would not go quarterback if I was the Saints at eighteen. I would take uh, you know Michael Thomas getting up there in age and coming off an injury. I would take like an Alave or Garrett Wilson if I was the Saints mm. at eighteen. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I wouldn't be. I think the Saints. I think I referenced this earlier. I think the state and Saints can tear it down. I think you. You trade. I think you trade Michael Thomas. I think you trade Alvin Kamara. Mm. Um, if you're the Saints, I don't think. I don't think having him in the long term, unless you want you either you either go all in to win this next year, or you're setting up a longer rebuild. You know, yeah. not not necessarily longer rebuild, but like a, you know, their cap space is hell right now. They're in a tough tough position financially that it's hard to get a reset. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that I think Alvin Kamara I don't think he's part of the long term plans there the way I view running back as a philosophy in the NFL but you could get a lot for him you can get a good amount for Michael Thomas who I'm pretty out on personally mm-hmm. uh, at this point and so I don't know I, I think it, I think the Saints should reset find a way to, and find a way to flip guys get into <laughs> and get some assets and move forward yeah. you're very much on the go forward or reset mind like mindset as a gm it seems yeah like. i think there's too many guys I'm that are like almost not at, at the first the middling i i think there's definitely something to the like middling um yeah i do i do kind of have that champion like you want to do whatever you can to build towards a championship but i think there is something to be said about being solid the raiders are an example yeah. like you have a guy like Derek carr yeah. that isn't special but he's good and I think you you know you keep him even if he doesn't have like a Super Bowl upside uh, for the Raiders. There's something to be said about building yeah. a winning culture. So for you, it's more franchise. about the quarterback. Like the Saints don't have a quarterback, so you think trade Kamara because it's kind of it's kind of a yeah combination of don't have a quarterback and aren't in a great situation otherwise. Like you're not gonna. I don't think the Saints are a good enough team outside a quarterback to win without one without a good quarterback. And their cap space is in such a bad situation that I don't think you're going to be able to rebuild to compete at a Super Bowl level within the next three to four years. Yeah. Um, and if that's your window, then I think Michael Thomas, you know, maybe not this year, but uh, well, Michael Thomas, I think, should be more immediately traded. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, I think, in the near future, should probably be traded because I don't feel – Running back is typically a long-term piece, and I yeah. think the Saints should be in a long-term mode. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia right. on the clock. I took uh, Kenyon Green, taking a guard, uh, just repeating some of the sentiments I said earlier. Build the offense for Jalen Hurts. Um, also build the run position, game. Build the run game, yep. Uh, and so, yeah, just adding another piece there. Uh, you already took – they took a D lineman earlier in this one. They took Traylon Burks. Adding a guard just makes a sensible move for an Eagles offensive line that 
is, you know, it was fine last year, but could definitely improve and adding a young piece would help there. Mm -hmm. The next one, I think if he makes it there, I think, and if Pittsburgh doesn't get a quarterback, I think this is as like a for sure thing as anything. Malik Willis, um, Mike Tomlin followed him around at the senior bowl. Like he literally (laughs) went drill to drill wherever Malik went and was very obvious that the Steelers like Malik Willis. And he's, He's hilarious, by the way. Like Malik Willis is so funny and like a great interviewer and everything I've seen. He's just fun. Just a class act. Yeah, he's, I think he, well, one thing I wanted to say about Sam Howell, I think he'll finish as like maybe the third best quarterback in this class when it's all said and done, like hindsight 2020. I think he'll be more solid than people think. But I think Malik Willis has the most upside and he could easily end up being QB1 hindsight 2020. Um, Not a lot to talk about here. I, I think they love him. They follow him around. Um if he makes it this far, he'll he'll be drafted by them. Yeah. yeah. It's just how do the Steelers want to approach the quarterback position? Mm-hmm. There's this sentiment that the Steelers won't make a splash move because that's not who they are as a franchise. Like, you haven't seen them make a splash move at different positions or something when a big free agent is available or make that big trade. I don't consider that at all. Quarterback is a different beast uh, than these other positions. They've all obviously had Big Ben for so long that there's no need to make a splash move there that being said or i guess i'm in the favor of them making something trying to make a splash move because mm-hmm. i think their defense is good enough and their offensive weapons they are win good now. enough to win yeah to win the now. playoffs with the worst quarterback in the league last year oh, he is horrendously bad but malik willis would be a big win for them i think that'll be uh if they did not bring in a free agent quarterback or trade for an elite quarterback I think Malik Willis could be a really good option. He's my quarterback one solely because he's so dynamic, and I'd be in this particular class. I'm drafting almost exclusively for upside uh, on quarterback, so I think it's a fine pick. Love it, love it. Yep, and then the Patriots take Jermaine Johnson. We already talked about him as a riser of the board out of Florida State, 11.5 sacks last year, Uh, monster, not much else to say. Yeah, really good, really powerful, running over offensive tackles. We'll start to pick it up here to get through the rest of this draft uh, since we're in the back third, and a lot of this could change um, as the draft develops. Yeah, so Raiders on the clock. I took Chris Olave, obviously wide receiver is a need for them, RIP Henry Ruggs. Uh, so they don't – they need some weapons there. Um, they made – I mean, they made the play – their defense was solid last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they – took the Cincinnati Bengals to the brink in that first round. Uh, and so getting another weapon in there, they're going to address it either in free agency or in the draft. And there's enough really good wide receivers in this draft class. I think, you know, this is a very strong wide receiver class. Mm-hmm. And so I would not be surprised at all if the Raiders take whoever, you know, whichever wide Next receiver up. falls to them because there are a lot of good options. So that's where I went there. Yep. Totally agree. Um, up next is one of the best offensive linemen in the draft, Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. Um, he's like ranked top 10 in most big boards, but because of the positional value, he'll likely fall. And I think Arizona is a good spot. They need help. Kyler needs um, a little more time. The running game needs some help. And Tyler Linderbaum is, we'll probably look back at it and be like, oh, that was Creed Humphrey of that draft class where he's just a dominant center that could be an all pro in his first year. It's how good he is. Yep. And then the Cowboys, uh, Cade has them taking Kirby Joseph, safety 
out of Illinois. Cole was talking before the podcast. He's projected in most mocks in the fourth round, and his name's Kirby. So <laughs> <laughs> not really sure what Kate was thinking here, but uh, I guess the Cowboys do need defense. He is a really versatile player, and he's the first Illini safety in the last 50 years to earn all Big Ten first-team honors. So he's a good player. Um, I think the combine will be really big for him. If he really stands out, he could move up to a lot of boards. He's right now like my fifth or sixth safety right now. Um, but he, I mean, I love Cade staking his claim of this guy's not a first-round guy, but I like him. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is on the <laughs> clock. And I was you very got happy him. to get ours. And I got Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman uh, out of Georgia. So Bill's... I think our e- our easily biggest position of need uh, going into this offseason. I'd love to see us. I'd love to see us add a wide receiver uh, at some point. But uh, you know, we need we need to add bodies at least to the wide receiver room, to the running back room. I wouldn't mind adding something to the offensive line, but really, defensive line is easily our biggest need. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Oliver was one of the highest had well, highest double team rates of anyone in the league, and he looked he looked really good he beat the double a decent amount of the time but he's just we need some help there the edge we've uh, added a lot of edge rushers recently in the draft that we're hoping to develop uh but in terms of cap casualties guys that we're going to be moving on to save space it's going to be some of these older d linemen that we uh you know paying decent money to mm-hmm. and so Devonte wyatt is it was between him and jordan davis for me there uh both georgia defensive linemen I think Devonte Wyatt just a little bit more versatile. Jordan Davis is a bit more of a run stopper. Only um, a run stopper. Yeah, yeah, he's just a huge body. Uh, Devonte Wyatt would be a fun piece to add there. And yeah, building the defensive line is our biggest need. It was our oldest position, uh, so we've been addressing it for years. Uh, and so, getting in depth of youth there, hoping that some of our like second round. Uh, second round picks on the defensive line recently will continue to progress. Um, but yeah, the only reason I don't think this will happen is because Devonte Wyatt will be 24 mm-hmm. when the draft comes around and it just feels really old for a first round guy, but also Buffalo's windows right now within That's the next three years say, is that you want a guy, anyone that we draft right now, we've come so close the last couple of years that anyone that we draft this year, I don't want a prospect yep. to develop. Like I want someone that can make an immediate impact on our team. That's why I think any wide receiver uh, of a lot of these studs will be a really good asset, guys, uh, that can come in and produce immediately. And Devontae Wyatt is uh, one of the – he is an older guy. He's been playing in the uh, SEC very good, mm-hmm. very pro-ready Ready. right now to be able to can help on a contending team. Yep. So, I mean, I think he's a great pick for what the Bills need. Um, Devin Lloyd is my next pick. I talked about a little bit earlier, linebacker out of Utah going to Tennessee. Really strong linebacker, really rangy, really good in coverage. One of his highlights that you'll see immediately if you look it up is a pick six against Oregon. And just an athletic linebacker. Um, physical. I think they need some help on the defensive side. They've got the pieces on offense um, and the defense was really, really good. Injuries obviously hurt a lot. There was some stat that like when the playoffs came around, that team hadn't played together in like eight or nine weeks as a full, like healthy roster. Um, so I think Devin Lloyd 
would really bolster that defense again. Again, this is kind of like best player available at this point. Yeah, same with Tampa Bay, and it's a very similar situation. Tampa Bay's defense was just so injured most of last year. Uh, any team could really always use a corner. Andrew Booth used to big time football at Clemson. Uh, good pick there by the Bucks late in the first. Yeah, Andrew Booth is a lot of people's like cornerback three. It's like him or Trent McDuffie mm-hmm. sometimes get the nod. The Green Bay Packers are finally getting Aaron some help here. They've it'll it is one happening. <laughs> they, they've they've postured. Uh, saying that they're going to go all in, giving Aaron all the support that needs. And if Aaron's going to be back, you're going to need a wide receiver. Or even if Aaron's gone, that probably means Devontae Adams gone. And you want to give Jordan Love at least a chance to succeed. And so regardless of Aaron's situation, I could see them going wide receiver here. Garrett Wilson is kind of the last, one of the last of the, like the really good group. There's, you know, there's, Dotson, there's David Bell, uh, but um, first round quality guys kind of after Garrett Wilson is my cutoff. Falls off. Um, and so I think they get really good value there. Add someone that can obviously help immediately. And yeah. Yeah. Love that pick. Aaron would love it as well. Um, next one, I have Trevor Penning um, out of Northern Iowa. We talked about him a lot earlier, so I spent a ton of time going to Miami and, you know, to the Dolphin fans who are listening to this, going, why do you, why do you do that? Why do you? There's so many offensive linemen that we. <laughs> they take a ton of linemen in the draft. That's well, they Mike keep McDaniels missing. Um, Trevor Pinning with Mike McDaniel's, it'll be fine. Um, he'll be a great fit. I don't know. Why I'm like trying to convince you to take him. But we talked about <laughs> earlier. He was also almost all, picked. You're convincing all of our Dolphins. Yeah, fans all of our out Dolphins there. fans. Um, anyway, he, he was about to be picked in the top ten. Um, I know Luke was between him and a few other players. So he was up there as far as value. I know a lot of people are taking him up there as well, mm-hmm. like DJ, um, Daniel Jeremiah is taking him as well. Yep. Um, up next, Kate's pick. He took Kyler Gordon out of Washington. <laughs> Kyler Gordon out of Washington uh, on the other side of that other quarter, corner we talked about earlier. Um, and they apparently got run on 80% of the time, so... Uh, I don't. I didn't see Kyler Gordon's interception numbers. Hopefully, they're better than. Uh, <laughs> it's the only thing Trey looks for. <laughs> Hopefully, they're better Trey than McDuffie's. Loves Trey loves Trey Diggs. Um, I mean, the Chiefs need corners, so yeah, they do. Apparently, he, according to sources at in Washington and like around the NFL, Kyler Gordon will probably test the best out of any corner as far as the forty and the three cone go. So he's going to be fast. Um, he's just not as good technique as the other guys we've mentioned. I'm excited for your next one. So, yeah, for my next one, I actually, this is going to be a surprise to some people, but I have the Bengals going offensive line. Aboo. Uh, I've, I've been going <laughs> Tyler Smith, uh, take, taking best available. This is a versatile, absolutely, like, very mobile offensive lineman. Um, so, yeah, Tyler Smith. This is out of Tulsa. He might be um, the second meanest guy in the draft. Yeah. He punches when he when he run blocks. Yeah, he, he's nasty. And obviously, Bengals, we saw it all throughout the playoffs. Uh, offensive line is an issue. Uh, you know, obviously, I, uh, Jamar Chase was absolutely the right pick for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now is the time to really be addressing the offensive line heavy in the draft, heavy in the free, free agency. It's going to be the topic of conversation all through the offseason for Cincinnati. What, mm-hmm. what are they going to do there? You have so many weapons. The defense <laughs> looked great last year. 
obviously got you within within uh, within a few plays falling the right way of mm-hmm. winning a Super Bowl. And so offensive line, build it up, give Burrow and those weapons every opportunity to succeed and stay healthy. Yep. And then the last pick of this mock draft, um, I couldn't let him fall out. To be honest, I wanted to take Desmond Ritter here because um, you get the fifth-year option with a quarterback, so it just makes the value so much higher. Because Detroit picks two picks later, pick 34. Um, but I have Detroit taking N'Kobe Dean because I don't think ultimately he, he won't fall out of the first round. Someone will take him somewhere in the first round. Um, it just so happened that in this particular mock draft, he probably would have fallen out. I think Desmond Ritter is probably the right pick just because of the fifth-year option. You throw an opportunity at a guy that if it works out, um, you get that option at, at that time. But N'Kobe Dean... A little undersized, that's really his only knock. Everything else is excellent. The instincts, the speed, the sideline to sideline. Um, he's not going to be... I think a lot of people are comparing him to Micah Parsons because of the speed and athleticism. He's not as strong. He's not going to be able to win off the edge or off the line like Micah Parsons does. Um, but he's going to be an excellent off-ball linebacker, which you don't normally see. Yeah, I still have PTSD from the Georgia game. Oh, my God. Just the announcer. Not Kobe Dean. <laughs> Ravaging Man, us. That was a, it's a tough one. <laughs> so that was the first round. Um, I'll real quick highlight the rest of the picks. The first picks from uh, the teams that didn't yeah, have a first, first round. So at pick 39, Chicago took Zion Johnson out of Boston College, an interior offensive lineman, building up that offensive line, giving Justin Fields some help. Um 41, I had no idea what to do with Seattle. I, I don't know. It depends a lot on what they do with Russell Wilson, but I just gave him a big boy. I gave him the biggest boy of the offensive tackles, like 380 pounds, something crazy. Daniel Falele um, out of Minnesota, a not super athletic offensive tackle, but he's big and he's strong and he will hold the line just because it takes forever to get around him. I didn't realize how many blind squirrels teams didn't have a pick in the first round. Yeah. First um. And then at 47, Indianapolis took, uh, this should have been a riser, I should have mentioned him earlier, from the Senior Bowl, Boye Mafé, um, a really <laughs> fast edge prospect that I think some people are seeing as a first-round lock. I'm not convinced. But Boye Mafé, really sh- good player. San Francisco at pick 61, take Sean Ryan. And four blind squirrels teams. Offensive <laughs> and offensive tackle. Um, yeah, they just need more line help. And then lastly... In the third round, so here you're kind of taking best player available. End of the third round, the Rams select Ed Ingram, guard out of LSU. Oh, five, counting Cannon there. That just feels oh, yeah, like true. one of those NCAA made-up names, Ed Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> if you go through this, a lot of them just look just made up. But, yeah, so oh, they James, take... You got James Cook going to the Broncos. I did. Be fun with, mm. to pair with Javante. Yeah. This, I did do a once I got further along. It's like yeah, things you start Ross thinking going about. To the Bills, I would have called that so long ago. Uh, you you praised him as a, f- a future Bill uh, in the mm-hmm. national championship game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that in the third round where I have him going? Yep. Yeah, that'd be uh, great value for the third yeah, round. A couple of guys I see, I could see that fell out of the first round for us that I could see, um, you know, being in there uh, would be obviously Desmond Ritter at the quarterback position. Roger McCreary uh, at cornerback. I think he, he's been, I've seen him mock the Bills a number of times. I could see him being the cornerback, one of those 
cornerback jumps up, uh, up there. Jordan Davis is a, another one. Big boy. Um, he, dude, he's Jordan, so insane. Jordan Davis not a first rounder? Mm-mm. Really? Well, he he might be, but his knock is that he can only play on running first downs. And, down, yeah. and he only played like 50% of the snaps. A lot of it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. You just want a guy, if you're picking in the first round, you want a guy that's out there more. It's fair. But, just, yeah. Freaking huge, man. Yeah, he's, he's so massive. big. Is Ridgeway supposed to get drafted? Yes, but not in the first three rounds. He'll probably be yeah. fourth or fifth round. Cool. Still not bad, though. Yeah. Um, but that'll do it. Any parting thoughts? <sighs> Go Hogs. It's a beautiful day. It's a great day. Brash on Kentucky. It's a great day. Thank you all for listening. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate you listening. I, also, I know what this, are you doing with your life? Yeah, also, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? This is a big... Uh, hobby for me that i've really enjoyed um yeah that's it for us sweet they didn't, guys didn't rehearse the outro as much as the intro yeah i gotta do that <laughs> well if they've made it this far it's less likely yeah. thank you guys for listening in peace